Great to have back again our historian, Jerry Shannon. Jerry, a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about now is uh, Roscommon people and people locally who joined the wild geese to go and fight uh, out on the continent and in different wars. Yeah, that's right, Seamus. Some Roscommon wild geese. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I, well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm into bird watching and that. I don't know what the state of the wild geese, uh, the feathered variety right. in Roscommon at the moment. But yeah, um, yeah. it's a lovely sight to see at different times of the year to see the wild geese. Well, it is. In that kind of a V formation, um, heading for wherever they're heading. But anyway, that 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 whole idea of geese and the migration or coming back uh, was applied to uh, the wild geese. Right. And the wild geese. Sometimes people they confuse the wild geese with the uh, what's known as the, the flight of the girdles. Um, yes. The flight of the wild geese. The flight of the wild geese was actually it was a departure of of. Um, an Irish Jacobite army under the command of Patrick Sarsfield. And right. um, that, as a, result, as a result of the Treaty of Limerick on the 3rd of October in 1691, following the end of the Williamite War, they, the, the, the Jacobite army left Ireland and went on to the continent. Now, there was an earlier flight, and that was the flight of the Earls. Yes. And that took place in, in September 1607, when you had Hugh O'Neill and, and Rory O'Donnell and... Um, O'Neill and O'Donnell, people, yeah. O'Neill yeah. O'Donnell, who left, who left Rathmullen up in Donegal. And um, it was after the defeat at the Battle of Kinsale. And they, they, they also uh, went from, from the town of Rathmullen Right, with, with a lot of leading Gaelic families in Ulster at the time, and they 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 travelled down Loch Swilly on a French ship, right. and it was it was seen as a, for the part it was seen as the end of the old Gaelic order in Ireland, and um, but that was an earlier flight. So the flight of the wild geese was later, and uh, just to give a bit of background to the to the flight of the wild geese, um, we've mentioned there that it was at the end of the Williamite War, and. Um, in, in the first Irish troops to serve as a unit uh, for a continental power uh, formed into an Irish regiment was was in the Army of Flanders, and that was in the 80, 80 Years' War in the in the 1590s, which is even earlier to the flight and of the Ireland. Well, Flanders would be a precursor to Belgium, is that it? Correct, that area yeah. there, Flanders. I think they have their, is it the Walloon language, or Walloons, do they, are they the people that come yeah, from Flanders? Yeah, I, yeah. Get, I think get so. I'm confused. But in any event, um, the flight of the earls that we're going to talk about and the and the, uh, the, the Roscommon people who took part in it, um, that particular uh, flight would have taken part would have would have happened from the from the mid 17th century or so. Right. And um, it was it was so um, up up until up until the the 1700s there had been um, this was now. Uh, Prior, we'd say yeah, to yeah. Sarsfield's army up until 1745, the, the Catholic Irish gentry they, they were allowed to discreetly recruit soldiers for the French service. Right. Um, so the, the authorities kind of turned a blurry eye to here because yeah. it was yeah. to have to have potentially disruptive effects for, to have the, the potentially disruptive effects of having large numbers of unemployed young men uh, in the country. It was better to have them over in over in France rather than. As they would have seen it causing trouble at home. Yes. So, so the the Irish, um, the, there was a tradition of Irish people going to to uh, to the continent. 
So um, it, Sarsfield, he sailed to France on the 22nd of December in 1691. Right. And he had 19,000 19,000 Irish men um, followed him and indeed some, some Irish women. God, that was a lot, wasn't it? was a lot of people. It was a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it had the effect of, you know, basically denuding Ireland of, of military um, of military muscle. Yeah, and yeah. The kind of people who would, who would have put up, uh, you know, who would have made things awkward for the for the authorities. And, and for Sarsfield's exodus, it, it included 14,000 soldiers and, interestingly, about 6,000 women and men. And uh, um, Sarsfield, when they arrived on the continent, the... Um, they were they were they were regrouped and equipped in their in their uh, in their red coats. Right. And uh, a large a large Franco-Irish army assembled on the French coast. In fact, at one stage for an invasion of England, but it was scuppered due to the French naval defeat at, at uh, a couple of battles, and uh, it didn't happen. But right. as I said, up to up to 1745, there had been you know Catholic Irish gentry who were who were, who were sending them sending Irish men. Over, over to the continent, and they all went on boats. I presume that was that was the only <laughs> mode of transport. Uh, <laughs> mode of transport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was no Ryanair. There, there no, was, no, uh, no. Had, and, and the wonderful knock wasn't hadn't been thought no. of at that stage. So, um, so during the Seven Years' War, that was from you know 1756 to 1763, and it was a huge conflict and in, involved most of the European great powers. Um, and it was fought all over the world. Really, it was it was fought in Europe and the Americas and and the Asia Pacific area. So during the Seven Years' War, efforts were made to find recruits among you know Irish prisoners of wars or deserters from the British Army. So, right. Um, otherwise, recruitment was limited to a trickle. But needless to say, uh, a few, uh, quite a few Roscommon men uh, found themselves uh, on the continent and wearing the. Wearing the uniform of it could have been it could have been the French or the Italians or right. the Austrians okay. because it, funny enough there was even an Irish um, there was an, an Irish contingent in the Italian in the Italian army which is one we don't we don't think about yeah I never heard about that one before no. yeah there was actually uh, the army of Savoy included uh, many Irishmen um, and they were organised basically by the by the Spanish administration at the time but. Um, there was an, a regiment in Milan which was exclosed. It was it was exclusively composed of Irishmen. Right. So um, they were they were to be found everywhere. And what I'm going to talk about now is the is the uh, the Roscommon the Roscommon connection people connection. Yeah. So as we said, about two hundred thousand. Well, we didn't say it, but uh, the fact of the matter is about two hundred thousand Irishmen enlisted in the Irish regiments right. um, of France under Louis the Fourteenth and Louis. Lord, the that's a lot of mo- that's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of people, and they came from every county in Ireland. But we'll never know their precise numbers. Um, but one one great record is the record uh, or register, uh, which is which is held. Now my French isn't great, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it the. I try. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, it's, well, I'm not even going to try. It, it, right. it, it's known as the, Roy, the, the Hotel Royal des Envelides. Yeah, so yeah. It's, and now it's not a hotel. It was um, it was a kind of a an old soldier's home. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The same as Kilmainham Jail and or Kilmainham, uh, not Kilmainham Jail, but Kilmainham up in Dublin. They yes, used one time for, and I think uh, over in London, what what do you call the place where the um, 
the old soldiers with their with their um well, uh, yeah, I think they have some sort of a club. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's yeah. a legion, yeah. a legion. Yeah, Is well, it, this, this, this was an old soldier's... Yeah, um, yeah. This was, this was set up for for, for people who had... It, it Served in the military, the yeah. 15th, yeah, to the large disabled and, and worn-out yeah. vet, uh, worn veterans. Um, pen, Chelsea pensioners, is that the one that they That's it, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah just came to me there. So... I'm going to call it the HRI from now on. I'm not going right. to call it. I'm not going to try the okay. Hotel okay. Royale des Envolides. Um, no. So we just call it the HRI. So if I say okay. HRI, I basically mean the the retirement home yes. or the, the place for these people. So it was founded by Louis the, 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 the 14th to lodge disabled and worn out veterans, as they were called. So up to the, that time, you know, maimed and, and debilitated veterans, they were abandoned to the pity mostly of, you know, monasteries and, and local communities looked after them. There was no structured government or nothing was set up to look after these people. And some of them would, as we'll see, they, they, they suffered horrible injuries yes. because the, the type of warfare at the time, you know, cannonballs and uh, right, bayonets yeah. and um, yeah. musket shot, you know, you can imagine, you can imagine the, the damage that a, a cannonball well, fire could do, yeah, uh, yeah. A densely packed group of, of soldiers oh, oh, yes. would, have, would have caused. 